Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. New partnerships were forged at the recent ASEAN conference organized by the Singapore Business Federation and attracted hundreds of business leaders, government officials and academics from 14 countries. In commemoration of the 100th birth anniversary of Singapore's founding Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew, who played a key role in the founding of ASEAN, the conference took on the theme, Forging a Digital and Sustainable ASEAN Towards Prosperity, Resilience and Sustainable Growth. Two new MOUs were signed as part of efforts to support Singapore businesses looking to expand overseas, particularly within ASEAN, but against an uncertain economic and geopolitical backdrop. What must businesses watch out for? And how can they stay green even as they gain ground economically? For more, we're joined by Kelvin Key, Executive Director of Singapore Business Federation's Global Division 1, which covers the Southeast Asia and Pacific region. Great to have you with us, Kelvin. Hello, good morning. And also, we have Grace Sai, CEO and co-founder of Unravel Carbon. Welcome to the show, Grace. Thanks for having me. Now, Kelvin, let's start with you. One of the key partnerships forged at this year's conference is to support cross-border e-commerce activities of Singapore businesses into ASEAN and beyond. Why e-commerce and how feasible is that in emerging economies that might not be necessarily as you know, digitally connected? I think it's important for the Singapore businesses to actually explore uh, various e-commerce channels uh, as a mode of expansion into overseas market. It's actually one of the easiest forms, in a way, uh, for them to have to bring their goods and services overseas without having to set up a brick-and-mortar shop and consider all the other rules and regulations required. And hence, this is why, together with our partner, Y3 Technologies, we have actually signed an MOU at the conference itself to help to promote Singapore businesses to expand their presence overseas through e-commerce platforms and services, such as e-marketplace channel management, logistic and order fulfillment. And this actually allow our companies, especially the SMEs, to have an easy path into the overseas market within ASEAN and beyond. All right, Grace, let's bring you into the conversation. We're hearing a lot of green talk lately, and we know your company runs an AI-powered decarbonization platform, and it's helping organizations measure, reduce, and report their carbon emissions. Which one of those three aspects is the most challenging for companies in ASEAN? Yeah, that's right. Um, although made in Singapore, we're already being used in over 30 countries. I would say the most difficult part would be to start, right? Mm-hmm. Like in ASEAN, um, nine out of 10 countries have made net zero pledges, where, you know, out of that nine, eight are really meeting the Paris Climate Agreement. Um, 50 net zero in Indonesia is a bit later than that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that the toughest part is to get started. Mm. Um, companies that are really understanding their carbon profile, their supply chain profile, are still very few and left much to be desired in ASEAN. Can you tell us how many of these are actually doing so, like measuring, reducing and reporting the carbon emissions? Globally, um, about 5,000 companies have made net zero pledges and I would say, you know, almost all of them have started measuring. Mm-hmm. But in Southeast Asia, I think the number is, is really still in the hundreds, in the low hundreds. Kelvin, could you also weigh in on why some firms might find this challenging to balance green initiatives and profits? 
Yeah, I think basically for a lot of companies, especially the SMEs, there are actually higher initial costs involved in implementing some of the green initiatives, which often require significant upfront investments in technologies, process, and materials that are more environmentally friendly. And they, we also see that a lot of companies see longer payback periods with regards to such green initiatives. Yeah, in fact, based on a survey that was conducted by DBS and Bloomberg Media, more than 6 in 10 SMEs have cited the balancing of ESG goals with business growth target as a top challenge in their transition to a more sustainable business model. Grace, through your work with companies, which sector would you say is doing well in terms of the sustainability front and which ones maybe need a little bit of a boost? You know, things that we put into our bodies or touch our bodies, right, when it comes to food and fashion, you know, there is consumer pressure, especially from the younger generation, which is really our hope, right? I would say those sectors, they are still a lot to be done, but you see some pioneering leaders, more independent brands who want to do what's right from the start. Fashion is a more complicated industry with a lot of high supply chains in Asia that, you know, I would say they are still lagging, although there's a lot of potential there. We see a lot of progress in the real estate built environment sector in Asia as well. Okay, so regulations also differ depending on where the company is operating. So how should firms venturing overseas reconcile those differences? I would say Singapore would be leading there, you know, with the introduction of mandatory reporting by the Singapore Stock Exchange, as well as introduction of the carbon tax, which negates, you know, calling environmental concerns a negative externality that's no one's fault, right? Mm. So now it's going to start appearing on companies' P&L. So we definitely see more tailwind, more action in countries where it's been regulated. And I definitely hope to see that ASEAN as a bloc would harmonize their policies around a uniform carbon tax. That introduction of the carbon tax, I would say, would just return this into the free market or, you know, market-based behaviors. And so more companies will get on board to solve um, the climate crisis. Okay, Kelvin, we're also curious, are more of our Singapore businesses venturing overseas and are there particular countries that are more popular among those that do? Yeah, uh, before I take that, maybe I'll just add on to what Grace has mentioned okay. about adopting the sustainability mm-hmm. uh, measures. I think we have also found that actually consumers, especially the millennials, the Gen Zs, actually when you pay more for sustainable products. Mm. I think a number of studies has indicated, including the UBS ASEAN Consumer Sentiment, has noted that there's actually significantly more millennials and Gen why do you pay more for mm. sustainable products? And I recall Grace also mentioned at the conference last week that I think a lot of the millennials and Gen Zs are increasingly looking to work for companies with sustainable targets. Mm. And I think that, in a sense, the consumer education and all will actually help to push along a lot of these sustainable goals in the end. On to your question about yeah. how Singapore businesses can venture overseas, especially with the ASEAN, I think Southeast Asia in particular, we do know that it's uh, still growing despite the global economic downturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southeast Asia itself as a single entity is the third largest economy in Asia after China and Japan. And I think the GDP growth forecast that we mentioned just now is projected to be over 4%, which is way higher than World Bank's estimate for global growth and only about 2% for mm-hmm. this year. And I think more importantly, when we look at the sentiments of the 
uh, Singapore companies based on the internationalization index that was published this March by SPF. We know that ASEAN continues to attract the most interest for Singapore companies that are going overseas. And I think for a lot of them, there's the requirement for them actually to really look at uh, do their due diligence and understand how they can actually enter the market together with uh, their local partners or through other platforms like the e-commerce channels. Hmm. Are there certain sectors that are going overseas more than others? Uh, I think for the Singapore businesses, they do realise that actually Singapore has a very small uh, catchment market. And for a lot of them, at a very early stage of their growth, they do have to expand overseas. Yeah, unlike a lot of our other companies and peers in uh, the region. So I think for a lot of Singapore companies, internationalisation is actually a natural stage of mm-hmm. growth for them. So taking a step back right here, what, what are some of the current risks that business owners must consider before actually expanding their footprints? Any advice there? Yeah, I think there is, uh, even though ASEAN is trying to harmonize a lot of the rules and regulations, there's still a lot of local requirements uh, when for Singapore companies where they expand into other ASEAN countries. So I think at the end of the day, I think it's important for Singapore businesses to form a strategic partnership with local companies or individuals who can actually provide the valuable insights into their uh, market of entries. And with that, I think from SPF angle, mm-hmm. we've actually uh, set up the Global Connect SPF program in conjunction with uh, Enterprise Singapore, which actually offers assistance to Singapore companies through uh, market advisory, business matching, and even in-market workshops to help Singapore companies looking to enter the overseas markets. In fact, we have actually provided Singapore companies with more than 3,200 advisories and facilitated more than 180 successful overseas ventures into ASEAN to date. And to cap it off, we actually have three fiscal centres, Singapore Enterprise Centres in Jakarta, Ho Chi Minh and Bangkok. So these three centres are actually staffed by our country heads and local market advisors to provide in-depth knowledge about their respective markets and assistance to Singapore businesses looking to connect them with potential partners and advising them on market opportunities in these markets. That's wonderful news and very encouraging uh, that there's so much support for businesses wanting to venture overseas. Thank you both for your time today, Kelvin and Grace. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with Kelvin Key, Executive Director of Singapore Business Federation's Global Division 1, which covers the Southeast Asia and Pacific region, and Grace Sai, CEO and co-founder of Unravel Carbon. This has been Morning Shot. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.